welcome to cii podcasts hello and welcome to this the fourth episode of cii podcast series i am vivian fernandez our topic of conversation today is competitiveness boosters for micro small and medium enterprises msmes are the lifeblood of india's economy they are the incubators of entrepreneurship before the pandemic they contributed 30% of gdp 48% of india's exports and employed about 110 million people 99% of msmes are micro enterprises they are proprietary or partnership firms this sector has taken a big hit because of the lockdown in april and may of last year and the restrictions on movement thereafter this is obvious from the reverse migration of workers from factories to farms reversing a decade long trend that saw agricultural workers being absorbed in non farm activities like uh, construction and manufacturing there is also an increase in self employment of the informal kind how do we enable small businesses to stand on their feet to not only survive but also thrive in the new situation to discuss this we have uh, with us mr srikant somani chairman and managing director of somani ceramics he speaks to us in his capacity as chairman of cii's national msme council mr somani good to have you over thank you Mr. Somani, the rich countries have given stimulus checks to vulnerable people and businesses. India has refrained from doing that. Where do you stand on this issue? Do you think that the government should have given, you know, cash transfers to small businesses? I wouldn't say the government hasn't done its part. It certainly has. Uh, yes, I would imagine that uh, when there was this whole exodus of people. during the first bout of the pandemic and and everything was going dry from the point of view of uh, jobs from the point of view of uh, the oem orders across uh, msmes that was a time when they really felt the brunt of uh, the pandemic and many of them would have probably gone under and i think that time we would have felt that cash infusion in a way to uh, to make them sustain their at least their cost definitely would have made a, lo- a big difference uh, i i believe so but having said that i think government has tried to help in one way or the other yes the emergency line credit guarantee scheme was launched in may of last year it provides concessional loans of 4 years with a 1 year moratorium on payment uh, have banks been enthused by this or do you think that banks have been wary of lending to msmes uh, thinking that it will end up as a bad debt the national banks have been very forthright in this i must say and of course we always have the balance sheet issues that there are with the msmes and these come in in the way to hinder what the banks would say is a clean sheet to give loan Mm-hmm. But the deserving have got. It's not mm-hmm. that. In your view, what's the extent of distress in the MSME sector? It's quite big. In fact, uh, here's an opportunity, as also I would say that the uh, MSMEs have to have had a problem, and, and no doubt we we have to recognize this. With orders drying up, finance drying up, people not being there, uh, it's been a very difficult situation as far as the MSME is concerned. So. these are the difficulties and practical difficulties which the msmes have uh, faced and and the government has been trying to you know reserve a certain amount of procurement from the msme sector isn't yes, it yes they have and in fact the government from whenever we've spoken to the government they've been very forthright to say that look we are all for payments being made within 45 days and i don't think uh, there is a uh, and i would say let up from the finance ministry side or the commerce ministry side or the 
saying that you you got to do this let's talk about you know what next how do we boost the competitiveness of those that are surviving at cii what are you doing because you know the pandemic has uh, reshaped retailing and e-commerce uh, there is a lot of emphasis on contactless payments because people want safety there is a flight to safety yeah so are you telling your msmes to reshape themselves remold themselves digitally so that they have a physical presence as well as an online presence absolutely i think this is one of the major trust areas for the msme for for the cii's national council of msmes we believe that if the msmes have to take advantage of what is a one time i would say an opportunity with all the uh, you know the geopolitics and the geo trade uh, you know alignment which are taking place opportunities will fall in the lap of india and i think if it does and msme is definitely a place to do you know they can do wonders so, so in that sense the pandemic has been an opportunity it is a catalyst because, yeah because it is a catalyst as a catalyst because when you are just physically present then you know you have a limited market but when you are online your reach increases absolutely and this is the time when they have to and i believe and i'm very positive about this uh, and emphatic that msmes must plug themselves into technology imbibing new technology imbibing into digitization of their processes because this is going to be the new norm i think in june you had a um, you know connect with e-commerce platforms kind of meeting how did that go what was the kind of response we had a couple of uh, these uh, meetings one we had a meeting with the uh, for the finance that went very well extremely well in fact we we almost uh, had about 350 crores of uh, loans which were being uh, which were sanctioned then in cii in our in the national uh, msme council we've also dealt and dwelled with uh, tech saksham and digi saksham where these are programs that we have we handhold msmes and take them through processes to improve their uh, skill sets as far as digitization is concerned as far as technology adoption is concerned and we've done this over across many states now the seven states that we've taken so this would be an ongoing process that we got to have secondly we've had the a very unique uh, uh, we've had this initiative that we call the friday financial uh, clinics where we have had uh, the state bank of india chairman the past chairman to come there and we've had these issues which were discussed uh, for micro and small and medium businesses on finances how that that went off very well of course we have our own finance felicitation center which continuously helps the msmes on delayed payments and emergency uh, you know the, the advocacy for the emergency credit line so we in our domain as it what we have we've been trying to help the msmes in a large way but having said that i always will also believe that we can do that much but i think there has to be a mindset change from the msmes to come forth and take the advantage when i look at uh, the unified payments interface for example there has been a you know big change a lot of acceptance of upi payments in july for example the number of transactions cost 300 crore and the value of the transactions was 6 trillion that is 6 lakh crore so you know there has been a big jump in uh, upi payments so don't you think that if your members small businesses they want to stay relevant they must embrace this uh, technology 
I couldn't agree with you more. And this is something that we will, with the uh, DigiSatchum, we're going to follow this. With We've got Amazon on board, we've got others, so we've got to follow this. Uh, this is something that we will drive with the MSM. You have a TechFin Mobility uh, Summit coming up in October, yeah. where you bring the technology architects as well as the finance guys on one platform. Yes, yes. This is the TechSatchum that we're going to have this TechFin Mobility Summit on the 6th and 7th of October. It will be a two-day summit which will focus on technology on day one and finance on day two. Mm-hmm. You mentioned about 350 crore uh, loans being given. How did that happen? I mean, uh, we, are, are, we we actually had finance uh, week, ten days. That this was this was uh, what we call the uh, loan mailer. We had the last loan mailer which we had an approval of more than 351 crores were given to MSMEs. Now we are having the same kind of a loan mailer again on from the 20th of September this month, and it will culminate with the global SME summit which is in November. So this is almost about a month. And this financial literacy clinics uh, you mentioned, you know, you go to seven states and 25 cities yes. and address about uh, three lakh MSMEs. Yes. And the pilot was in Maharashtra. Yeah. So what was the response? Very good. As of now, but we're still collecting more data. It's a very new thing that we've started. So we're still in the process of doing it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the response has been very encouraging. Mm-hmm. Those of uh, your MSMEs who have embraced digital technologies, how happy are they? Have you got any feedback uh, from them about improvements? Some of them, yes, but uh, we still are in the process. So I think this is going to take some time to collect more data. I think by another three months or so, we would have some kind of data with us. Mm-hmm. How long do you think this uh, distress of the MSMEs is going to last? Things have started improving. That is for sure. I think even MSMEs have started improving, their exports are going up. So there is a turnaround which we see all across. Mm-hmm. So I think the maybe another quarter or two, I think things would become very good. So the Prime Minister has been uh, focusing majorly on uh, Atman Nirbhar Bharat. Now various people look at Atman Nirbhar in a different way. It yeah. can mean import substitution. It can of course mean making India very competitive so that you can produce in India for the world, where do you stand on this issue? Do you think Make in India should be about import substitution or do you think that Make in India should be for about making in India for the world? I think the first thing that we need to uh, understand is what is Make in India and what we are talking of is Made in India. I think that is where we need to concentrate. But as I understand it, it's very clear. That means you become self-reliant as much as possible. On those aspects where you can't be, you can't be. But at least you try and develop those things which can be made in India, which are not being made today in India. Mm-hmm. We have about 13 industry sectors that the government is trying to promote with production-linked incentives. Do you think that we should also have high tariffs because that can make Indian industry rather uncompetitive? Well, it's a chicken and the egg. What do you do? In my, in my opinion, the first thing that we need to look at is not the high tariffs, but the or when you say uh, Atmanirbhar or you talk of India in uh, you're plugging into the global supply chain or India being competitive as the brand. I think the first thing that we need to look at is the cost of doing business. Mm-hmm. I think that is the crux. So what we need to do uh, look at is the competitiveness of how we are doing things. You know, you know our power costs are the highest, highest in the world. Our labor is not cheap. Finance is not as cheap as it should be. There's so many other things. Land is not cheap. 
I think we need to look at the cost of business. When we start looking at this and try and mitigate those costs which are in the domain of the industry and also the government should look at it which are in the domain of the government, I think that is when we will find that the government and the industry will start, you know, there has to be some sort of a merging that will take place to say that, yes, we are doing something for India. So how should that mitigation of high cost happen? In what way? Subsidies? Well, I wouldn't advocate for subsidies, that's for sure. That's uh, that's gone and passed. But I think we should, should look at GSTs in, in, in terms of, you know, why, why are fuels not in GST today? You cannot have a situation where you can forego so much of tax revenue. No, it's not a question of foregoing tax revenue. I don't, I don't believe in foregoing tax revenues. But then, if we are paying something which is being already adjusted in the uh, the after sales GST, then that should be set off. So you are an advocate for bringing petroleum products under Absolutely. GST. Absolutely. I mean, it is you are collecting the tax in the sale, uh, the final sales in any case. Mm. Secondly, when you're looking at exports, I think uh, we we need to find a way of becoming competitive in exports. I think there's a huge market availability for India. That's for sure. That is right. You look at the textile industry. I mean, look at the amount of textiles that China is exporting, about $250 billion. We are exporting, I think, about $40 billion. And we have all the natural advantages. But the thing is that we are so much focused on cotton, whereas the world is moving towards man-made fibers. And currently, I mean, the government has, for example, given production-linked incentives for man-made fiber. But when I was talking to the executive secretary of Tirupur Exporters Association, he told me that the MSMEs will not be able to take advantage of this because the threshold investments are so high, 100 crore rupees or 500 crore rupees, and you've got to double the turnover in the second year, and thereafter you got to increase them by 25% a year. And that is a huge ask. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, simple things, you see, let's put it, if you want to have capacity expansion, right? The MSMEs want to have a capacity expansion, they can't because land is extremely expensive. We've got to have situations where there's plug-in produced, number one. Number two, we should have, the government should have, you know, lease-out properties, which could be collected over 25 years. Nobody is going to have a problem with that. But to stay at a 100 crore industry and your land cost is 9 crores or 10 crores, it's a non-starter from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Into ceramic industry, are you an exporter? Is a ceramic net exporter? Well, I wouldn't say net exporter, but we are. I think the ceramic industry has done very well as far as export is concerned, uh, especially the tile industry. But your main point is that, you know, the cost of doing business is still very high. We need to mitigate those costs. We do. We need to mitigate. Let's let's take the ceramic industry. What we are exporting is the low end of the product. Why not the high end? Where are we creating a brand for India? There are very few companies, namely, who have created brand because they a company like ours, which is basically exporting value-added products. And therefore, our values are not, uh, the export values are not good. But then we could do a lot more. And this is one industry, I can say, which is the second largest in the world today. And we can do wonders because everything is available. Truly speaking, this is one industry, you can say it is completely Arbanevra today. Every raw material is here. We hardly import raw, raw material. Technologies are here and we are exporting and we can do much more. But we need to create this 
responsibility from the Indian point of view that we are responsible exporters, we are quality exporters, we are quality service providers. Ms. Romani, as a veteran of the industry, that's good advice and I hope the government and the industry listens to your advice. It was good talking to you. Thank you very much. And to you, our listener, thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to CII Podcasts.